This is one of the few instances we get during the year to celebrate a saint on a Sunday. It is rare that a saint's day can trump a Sunday in ordinary time. But when it's your patron, the church allows for exceptions. And so we thank God for this opportunity today to pray for the intercession of our patron, St. Paul, but also to meditate upon his life and how that can inspire us in our own life here in our parish and on campus especially. Conversion oftentimes is held as kind of a negative word. We think of converts or people who have gone through a conversion as people who have just like had this radical change, who've had to sacrifice everything, who may be kind of a little bit on the fringe or the margins, a little weird. We even do this within the Catholic Church. It's so often I've heard from, these are senior priests or people who've been in the faith their whole life, well, well, he or she's a convert. They'll figure it out in time. As if somehow the experience of living the Catholic faith, which is important nonetheless, somehow is more important or has greater weight than someone who has given their life, who has made that decision to change and to follow Jesus in the teachings of his church. In preparing for this homily, I couldn't help but think here at St. Paul's, you know, on, on our staff alone, uh, Tim Mercer, our business manager, and Tim Gregson, our uh, music director, they made incredible sacrifices and took incredible risks to join the Catholic faith. Tim Gregson lost his job in order to become Catholic. A husband, a father, risked everything, he and his wife Melissa, to become Catholic. And Father Reginald, too, is an adult converted to the Catholic faith. But it's so easy for us to think that that conversion is an, is an uneasy thing, something that's unapproachable for me, or maybe something that I don't want. But ultimately, conversion is the essence of the Christian life. Our life is one of becoming more and more like Christ, of converting all of our life, every aspect of our heart, of our mind, of our soul, of our relationships, of our work, giving that more and more to Jesus Christ or moving away from Him. We are called to constant renewal and conversion in every aspect of our life. Yes, there are moments of radical conversion where we come face to face with a new reality, with the truth, and we change our life accordingly. But most of the time, it is a gradual conversion. A good analogy for the life of grace, the life of conversion, is gardening. If you do all this great work in the spring, you get your garden beautiful and ready. It's like receiving baptism. Everything is beautiful and fresh and new. But if you ignore it, by the middle of June, it will be dead or weed infested. And so we have to go out and weed and water and cultivate and take care of the ground so that it can continue to give new birth and new growth. And so too in our own lives. We need the radical, the complete, and total conversion that comes about through baptism. Remember this, that in Christ you are a new creation. At your funeral, the priest will stand at the doors of the church, and he will sprinkle holy water on your earthly remains. And he will say, in the waters of baptism, this person died with Jesus Christ. You have already died and been converted through the waters of baptism, through the power and grace that comes from Jesus. 
He and He alone has the power, the authority to make you totally new. And He has done so through baptism. But He desires to walk alongside you for your conversion to be something that is a renewal, a commitment, a desire to walk alongside Him. And so He invites you to that constant renewal, that turning from sin, that turning toward prayer, that coming to the sacraments, that sharing His gospel. You and I are called to this life of conversion. To be a Christian is to be on the path of renewal and conversion. And thanks be to God for that. Because I don't know about you, but I mess up all the time. I make a lot of mistakes. I say things that I shouldn't say. I do things that I shouldn't do. I hurt people sometimes. And if it isn't for the grace that comes from conversion, the grace that comes from Jesus Christ to be able to renew, to sanctify, to learn from my mistakes, and to trod a new path, you'd all be in trouble because I'm the pastor. But because of conversion, even the worst of us, even our biggest mistakes can be renewed, can be made into something beautiful. Here is the power of conversion. The worst parts of your life are the seed for the great graces that Jesus desires to work in your life. St. Paul went out of his way to try and arrest and murder Christians. God called him to be the apostle to the Gentiles. There is nothing in your life that cannot be renewed, that cannot be healed, that cannot be converted in Christ and turned to something glorious. The great weights, the great chains in your life, the Lord desires to set you free. <clears throat> and not only to set you free, but to walk alongside you and to use them so that you can help to set other people free. Each one of us is called, like St. Paul, to bring our life to the Lord and to be changed and set free. But St. Paul's life also shows us that this is, again, a path, a journey. We see this wonderful story in the Acts of the Apostles of St. Paul encountering the risen Jesus on the road to Damascus. But we also hear in his letters of his own struggles with continual sin. And he talks about how, Lord, I asked you three times for the thorn in the flesh to be taken away from me. He struggled throughout his life. But it inspired him to keep going back to Jesus and to keep going out and sharing the good news. And so we see in St. Paul's conversions four wonderful, four essential elements for each and every one of us. The first is this. In order for our lives to be converted, in order for our hearts to be fulfilled, we must encounter the risen Jesus. Jesus is not an idea. The church's teachings are not some elaborate and beautiful thought. They are a person, and he is alive. And he yearns for you. He seeks for you. We can know in our heads. We can profess with our lips what the church teaches. But unless we have that intimate encounter with the person of Jesus, which thanks be to God we have every Sunday because he comes to Mass. He comes on the altar. He offers himself to us in the Eucharist. But he also does that in the silence of our hearts in prayer. He also does that sometimes in unexpected moments. We need to open our hearts to an encounter with the person of Jesus Christ. 
Just the other day, I was talking with a, a, young, a recent graduate who will be coming Catholic in a few weeks. And she and I were talking. I just happened to run into her. I was locking up. And I was asking her, just tell me a little bit about your story, a little bit more. I, I'm learning it piece by piece. And she said, Father, for the, long t- for the last few months, I've, I've known in my head that Christianity, that, that Jesus is real. But only recently have I encountered him as alive and active. And because of that, I'm able to move forward. Is your faith in need of an encounter with the person of Jesus Christ? And if so, what are you doing to put yourself there? How are you stirring up those opportunities and following the path so that you're putting yourself in a position to encounter the risen Lord? Because he desires and he searches for you. The second thing we see from St. Paul's conversion is the need for community. Ananias, who we heard in the second reading, was a member of the Christian community in Damascus. Each one of us needs brothers and sisters in the Lord. We cannot do this alone. This is the beauty for us as religious, to be able to live and to talk about holy things and to lean on each other in our struggles and sometimes to even ask each other for the sacrament of confession, which is super embarrassing. The guy you sit across from from the chapel, he knows your heart. He's heard your confession. But thanks be to God for that. Because it lifts us up. It takes us to another level. When we can be vulnerable with other people, it makes it more easy for us to be vulnerable with the Lord. And when we struggle, they can lift us up when our strength wanes. But not only do we need community, we need formation. In the scriptures, it tells us that St. Paul spent a, lot, spent a lot of time after his encounter with the risen Lord and in the community of Damascus, studying the scriptures and in formation. In one of his letters, he says that he spent up to 14 years studying, praying, being formed in the Christian way of life. We need that too. On this Word of God Sunday, we are especially reminded to spend time with the Word of God in scriptures. To allow God's word to inform us, to renew us, to sanctify us, to inform the way in which we view the world. And lastly, St. Paul's conversion shows us that each of us, each of us, is called to bring the gospel to the world. You are a necessary part of the world, of the church, of this faith community. Your sanctification is absolute and beautiful, and we desire that more than anything. But also, only you can share the gospel in the way that God created you. In your marriage, in your family, at work, in your friendships, God desires to share his truth and gospel through you and your life. It doesn't mean you need to go out on the street corner and proclaim the good news, but it does mean that life of conversion manifests itself in sharing the goodness and the wonder and the marvel of how God has changed your life and inviting others to consider it and listening to others and sitting with them. This young woman who I mentioned who's coming into the Catholic Church in a few weeks, how did that start? One of our focus missionaries asked her while she was serving her gelato, how are you today? What's meaningful in your life? What are you looking for? When we do that, when we allow our hearts to be saved, brothers and sisters, and changed, we can change the world for another person. Think of that for a moment. The beauty, the wonder, the majesty of that. That in a moment, as a person at a gelato bar was serving ice cream 
That was the moment the Lord desired to come into her life and to change it. And that's what happens when we convert our lives and live actively in the apostle that we don't know when God will call us. We might not even explicitly share the name of Jesus, but it's in that moment of grace and of power, of stepping into someone's life, of opening your heart to them and receiving their open heart, that the world is changed. Conversion is not something to be avoided. Conversion is the most beautiful and essential part of our Christian life. And so we ask our patron, St. Paul, to come to each and every one of us today, to open our hearts, to open our minds, to open our souls, to welcome Jesus into those places so that we too might know the freedom and the joy and the peace that comes from new life in Christ Jesus.